Welcome to Policy Today. Thoughtful discussion of current issues vital to the future prosperity of Washington State. Produced by the Washington Research Council. Hi, welcome to Policy Today, a podcast from the Washington Research Council. This is Mary Strau. I am joined today by my colleagues, Emily Makings and Chris Showbloom. As we record this, it is March 31st, 2016. The state legislature has finally adjourned and passed a compromised uh, supplemental operating budget. Uh, They also approved supplemental capital and transportation budgets, but the big sticking point had been the operating budget um, supplemental, um, which uh, Emily's going to be talking about now. Emily, what can you tell us? So uh, first of all, all the numbers that I'm going to talk about are in terms of the general fund plus education legacy trust account plus the opportunity pathways account. Okay. Um, And that's kind of, I'll just probably call it the general fund for shorthand. Except right. for the the only non-general fund um, numbers that I'll mention is from the BS the budget stabilization account. Okay. So the last year the legislature enacted a biennial budget that spent uh, or that appropriated thirty eight point two billion dollars, and then um, both the House and the Senate passed supplemental bills in February of this year, but they were pretty far apart. They the House past budget increased spending by $478.4 million, and the Senate past budget would have increased spending by $33.6 million. Right. That was a big difference. Big difference. And so the final um, compromise came out that the spent appropriations would increase by $190.4 million. Okay. Um, and the, the supplemental transfers includes some transfers. It would transfer $29.4 million from other funds to the general fund, mm-hmm. but it does not include any new taxes. Okay. And um, however, there are some budget-driven revenue increases, including $33.8 million from expected audit payments and $46.1 million from a royalty payment amnesty. Okay. And then in the end, in 2015-17, the unrestricted ending fund balance is expected to be $577.5 million. And the 2017-19 unrestricted income balance is, ex- is expected to be $9 million. Okay. So it does balance over four years, but uh, it's very close. Right. And that was one of the big sticking points is that the Democrat, the, I believe it was the House Democrats at some point wanted to get rid of that four-year balance budget requirement. Yes, I mean that seemed like a major sticking point. Yeah, exactly. Based on press reports and mm-hmm. things that um, the Democrats had said about it. Mm-hmm. So, um, and in the original, in the House passed um, passed budget, in order to comply with the four-year balance budget, they made some accounting changes to get them over the hump, and so it wasn't. It almost seemed like they were begrudgingly complying. Okay. But in the, now it does it does balance over four years, and they kept the, the requirement in place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so then the compromise also does tap the budget stabilization account, which is um, the official word name for the rainy day fund. Mm-hmm. It would use one hundred eighty nine point five million dollars of the fund for wildfire costs. And so that's in addition to the one hundred ninety point four million dollars of general fund spending. Okay. 
And that's, of course, uh, for our listeners, that's to cover the costs of fighting the wildfires, the devastating wildfires uh, from last summer. Right. Okay. Um, so of the, the spending amounts, $203.3 million is appropriated for a considered maintenance level. So that's mm -hmm. the cost of continuing current services. And then policy level spending actually reduces the, the spending amount by about $13 million. Okay. And some of the big spending items are um, $32 million for the Moore versus Healthcare Authority lawsuit, which is um, related to employee health benefits, mm -hmm. $18 million to increase funding for the state need grant, uh, $8 million to backfill tuition for the public universities. That's related to the College Affordability Program, which was enacted last year, oh, which right. reduced tuition for yes. undergraduates. Yeah, yeah. Um, it also inc includes $4 million for charter schools, and um, it includes $11 million in transitional support for Western State Hospital, and $29 million for individual provider overtime. Okay. Yeah, and those were all big. The Well, I guess there was, there was consensus on the Western um, State yeah. Hospital for mental health, but the, the overtime, uh, that was a contentious like issue a, as well yeah apparently that was a sticking point yeah yeah uh that and the what was it the the pay for teachers or teacher salary increases that was another big um difference between the house and the senate mm -hmm. past versions the the house had wanted to spend 98.5 million dollars to increase salaries um, for teachers and other school staff and also to provide mentoring and professional development. Mm -hmm. But in the compromise, there's no money for increased salaries. And there's only, it's a, it's a kind of a pared down version of the mentoring and professional development proposals. Right. So, and, yeah. And as, as we had discussed um, earlier in the session, that's, that's an issue that's uh, no doubt going to be addressed in full in the next session and a full right. session when they're writing a brand new biennial budget. Right. And part of the whole McCleary thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Very. That's a very difficult thing to tackle in a supplemental budget year. Right. Especially when there might be changes in how they they compensate teachers. I mean, we just don't know how it's going to look next year. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it sounds like uh, whatever way you slice it, there there are going to be significant changes to the whole compensation structure. So why, you know, I'm sure. The teachers would like the money right now, but but why add this money to the current system when it's going to be so fundamentally changed um, in the next biennium? Yeah, any kind of restructuring like uh, this seems to be coming along, there are going to be winners and losers or maybe big winners and only small-scale losers, uh, small-scale winners. Um, and it's just much easier to hold the money that they were talking about putting in this year back so they can throw it into the pot next year and um, make the politics a bit easier. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. When they can all agree, <laughs> you know, it seems like first they have to agree on the whole new structure, which is going to be a monumental task. And then, okay, where's this money going to go? Um, good. Anything else specifically on the, the supplemental operating budget, Emily? Um, I think I'll just add that um, in the the um, in the compromise, 
they did not, um, they only, they kind of made a promise about the school levies. Oh, yes. They didn't actually do anything. So right. really, the amount that schools can spend from, uh, or can raise from, the amount of revenues that schools can raise from local levies is capped by the state. Mm-hmm. And currently, most districts can use local levies for 28% of the revenue they get mm-hmm. from other sources. And in 2018, that drops to 24%. Right. So, that, yeah. So, a number of legislators had wanted to, and I think school districts had wanted the legislature to um, act this year to, mm-hmm. to, um, to keep the, the cap at 28%. Or possibly raise, increase it. I'm not exactly sure, but mm-hmm. as it is, um, Section 515 of the Compromise Budget um, kind of makes a promise that the Education Funding Task Force, which was created by um, the the McCleary Plan Bill that was uh, implemented the, or enacted this year, yeah, um, that the task force will finish its process of meeting the McCleary obligation by April 30th of next year. Okay. And or they will extend the current levy policy by that time. Okay. And so that way, I think the idea is that school districts will be able to plan for 2018. Right. Have time to plan. Okay. All right. Yep. Yeah. The the new uh, the the um, um, upcoming uh, portion of the solution for the McClary decision is really about finding a a state tax source that will replace this these local levy monies. And I know some legislators felt that by um, not extending um, the the heightened um, levy capacity, they actually would be increasing pressure on themselves next year to come mm-hmm. forward and solve this problem. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, because otherwise the temptation might be to just let it slide. Um, reg- I guess regardless of the of the state Supreme Court. Speaking of which, it'll be interesting to see, I, I have no idea if, uh, if the state Supreme Court has any plans to um, uh, make any more rulings during the interim, if they're going to be looking at what, what happened this session. Uh, yeah, the, the legislature will have to, to provide a report on the progress they made this year. Yeah. In 30 days. Okay. And I saw Superintendent Dorn already put out a statement saying that he thinks the Supreme Court should not be or should should go farther in some way and not accept what happened this year. So, okay. So we can can expect another flurry of activity then in about, I think so, in about a month's time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so we have that. We have potentially the state Supreme Court could do something else. And then we also have uh, legislators with a um, a busy schedule, at least the ones who are working on McCleary, because they've got a new um, work group or task force, whatever they're calling it, that's, uh, that's going to be working during the interim. And then they're going to be collecting data from all the school districts um, about exactly how much money they're spending on uh, basic education versus how much they're spending on non-basic education to try to determine an exact or cl- as close to exact as possible dollar amount that the state will have to pay for. Right now we've been going off of this 3.5, roughly $3.5 billion number, but that's a guess right now. Um, 
So, uh, so that will make for an, an interesting interim. Yes. Yeah. Christian. Very, very interesting. Yes. Yeah. So. Chris, do you have anything to uh, add about the whole, you know, McCleary and possible revenue sources, all that you kind know, of stuff? I think the revenue sources are up in the air. A number of people are talking about um, increasing the state property taxes simultaneously. The um, local school uh, property taxes go down. Mm-hmm. Uh, clearly, I think that's got to be part of the solution. Right, and that's uh, what they—that's what's commonly referred to as a levy swap or levy yes. exchange. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that was part of what, as I was said a bit earlier, uh, not extending the uh, the the uh, enhanced levy lid mm-hmm. um, does increase the pressure to um, to come up with something. Yeah, um, yeah, and so we shall see. Uh, right. And you know, the, and the big kicker, and this is another big kicker, and this is what happens to the economy. Yeah, uh, and yeah. Uh, and how to how uh, uh, and what happens to forecast the state revenues? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that'll that'll uh, be a the big... problem 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 could 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 become much easier or much harder. Uh huh. Um, and um, time will tell. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think legislators after the um, the shock of the of the great. Recession and then the recovery sort of gotten used to there automatically being more money in the pot every year, but that may not happen. It could, but it couldn't. So, yes. uh, yeah. All right. And, and I think as uh, you know, the, the the pattern has been is that uh, with each successive uh, forecast, there's a little bit more revenue there. But you know, when things go south, they tend to go way south. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy! Well, I don't envy those group of lawmakers. Um, I've, I, there's been a lot of gallows humor uh, in the legislature regarding next session that they're just kind of preparing for year round. <laughs> not, not that we hope that's going to happen, but um, they've got a lot on their plate. And of course, the, with the two, 2018 deadline uh, from the Supreme Court, that's it has to happen next year. Right. Yeah. So. But, you know, I'm I, noting the pattern seems to be that the, the Supreme Court doesn't really start sanctioning until the legislature goes out of session. Mm-hmm. So the, 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 the strategy may be just to be in session for the whole year. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah, that would be a good uh, uh, a good good reason to do that. Just keep the Supreme Court quiet. Yes. Mm hmm. Oh, there's this conspiracy theory we're starting right here on the Policy Today podcast. You heard it here first. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, anything else, guys? Nope. Okay. Uh, Well, as always, we will keep you updated. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Policy Today is a production of the Washington Research Council dedicated to providing timely, credible research and policy analysis supporting economic vitality and private sector job creation. For more information, go to researchcouncil.org.